0: Well folks, if you've got your Bibles handy, if you would, I want to turn to John chapter 20. Now, perhaps those of you sitting in the car listening to the video, I hope that you understood that that was Thomas. Thomas is what we call Doubting Thomas, but I want to talk to you today about the issue. What do we do with our doubts? The truth is that every one of us has doubts and issues of life tragedies bring those things loss of loved ones as Larry was just sharing with me and then others who have lost loved ones and others that are in the hospital and things that happen in life this virus and the shutdown of America can cause our hearts to to um, doubt but what do we do with those doubts how do we handle them I think the Bible gives us some insight into that that I want us to look at today and find some help and hope in time of need. In John's Gospel, we're going to look at Thomas's incident there of his issue of doubt and how he struggled with it, but yet what the Bible says about it. In John chapter 20 in verse 24 through 30, it says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, and came Jesus. The doors were being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold thy hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed father as we come before you today to break open the bread of life to hear from you today perhaps many even now are struggling with certain doubts and certain struggles of life i pray that father that your word and the message this morning would give us insight into how that we can handle those doubts what do we do when doubts come father move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross Let Your Spirit speak to and through Your Word today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you about a topic that is very relevant to every single person, whether you're a Christian or not. It's a topic that affects us sometime in our life. It's a topic that we all wrestle with to some degree. Let me read a part of a letter written to a pastor by one of his members. A bright young businessman who was going to church for quite a while, but yet was having some struggles. Here's what he said. Dear pastor, I need your help. I see so many people around the church who have such a strong faith that I feel like I don't fit in. I would like to feel confident once again. I wish I didn't have doubts, but I've got more questions than answers. Now I'm beginning to doubt whether I'm a Christian at all. Can you relate to any of this? And by the way, what should I do? We've all felt that way in our lifetime at some point or another. We've all had questions in our heads. What if Christianity isn't true? What if we die and that's it? There's nothing left. Maybe we've been struggling with some issues in our life and we've been praying to God and asking for help, but we haven't heard an answer. And we might even begin feeling like maybe there's nobody home in heaven after all. Maybe we've questioned whether or not God can truly forgive us of our sins. And you have this residue of guilt and shame that you can't seem to get rid of in your life. And you wonder, am I really significant? Am I really important to God? Does God really care about me? Maybe the question today is whether or not the Bible can really be trusted in these days by the 21st century thinking person. Maybe you said to yourself, I think I'm a Christian, but maybe I wasn't sincere enough when I prayed that sinner's prayer. Or maybe I'm just not sure anymore if I can be a Christian. Maybe you said to yourself today, I think, but I don't know. The truth is, just like the coronavirus that came suddenly into our lives, so is the virus that has been creeping into the the lives of Christians for centuries. The virus of doubt, a virus that slips in unseen, unheard, but yet can raise such a problem in our life. You know, the truth is that, we can divide the world into two classes of people when it comes to doubt. We are among those who have doubts. And then there are the other group of those that haven't doubted yet, but will some point in their life struggle with some kind of doubt. Because if you and I are seriously contemplating our faith, the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, then it's almost inevitable that sooner or later, we're going to come up with a question. We're going to come up with a concern, something that, that we need to share, that we need to ask. Something that we're unsure that we have found the answer to. A hesitation, a contemplation of some issue that comes into our life that, that we struggle with. So the issue isn't whether or not that we're going to catch the virus of doubt the issue is this: If you haven't already struggled with it, you are going to get it one way or another, some way, somehow. But listen, we do not need to allow the, the 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 virus of doubt to rage a war within us without knowing that there is help. And the Bible tells us some things in which we need to look at. First of all, we need to see how does the virus present itself. It's important for us to understand, how is this virus going to present itself in my life so that I understand what I'm fighting? There are a lot of misconceptions about doubt these days. Many people think that doubt is the opposite of faith, But I want you to know that it isn't. The opposite of faith is unbelief. See, when we doubt, it's not saying that we, we don't have faith. it's saying that we have questions. Unbelief refers to the willful refusal to believe in the things of God, while doubt refers to the inner uncertainties or questions of life. Listen, my friends, every question that we have, God in His Word has an answer for us. We need to remember that God never left us without an answer. Satan may have given us a question, but praise God, He's given us an answer. Many people think that doubt is unforgivable, but it isn't. God doesn't condemn us when we have questions. God doesn't condemn us when we are uncertain about the things of life. We look back to the scripture in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we have uh, people time after time, struggling with questions and doubt. Job had many questions. David had many questions. David and Job were some Old Testament men like Elijah who had questions and doubts. But yet nowhere do we find that God condemned them. God is big enough, my friends, to handle every question, every hesitation, every concern that you and I have. The third thing that I want you to understand about misconceptions, is that many people think struggling with God means that we have a lack of faith. But that's not true at all. As a matter of fact, for many of us, and for all of us, it should be this very thing, that that when we are struggling with questions, and when we have concerns, and when we have doubts, it should be that those things are what strengthens our faith, not demolishes our faith. Doubts can produce some most positive effects if we take the right steps towards resolving them. It's like immunization. As a matter of fact, if you've listened to the news lately, you'll, you, you, you know that the big talk is that we've got to find some kind of immunization for this coronavirus so that we can get back into the world and so that we can start functioning again in the world. The doubts and the questions of your life, if we use them correctly, are like an immunization. You and I get immunizations to help our bodies fight off the future diseases. What they do is, is through the shots they give you, they give you a little bit of the disease, just enough for your body to create antibodies so that you can fight off future attacks. Your body actually becomes stronger from the experience of having a little bit of the disease infected in you the first place. And when you're infected with doubt, if you and I respond in the right way, if we say to God, I have questions, I have doubts, but I know that you have the answers, I'm seeking you for the answers, and when we come to that place where we find the answers that God has for us, you and I will emerge stronger in our faith than we ever were before. So tasting a little bit of doubt can deepen your faith greatly. It can make you a heartier, more enduring Christian and make your faith stand stronger. But how does the doubt virus affect us? How does it get to us? Is it it past person to person? Is it airborne? How does the doubt virus infect us in the beginning? Basically, there are three ways. First of all, we find that uh, doubt infects our minds. Our intellectual doubts come through our minds. When we pick up our Bibles and we're reading them and, and we lay them back down, then comes Satan with all the questions that flood our minds. Am I to believe that there really are such things as angels, one might ask? Am I really to believe there are demons and there is a man by the name of Satan who is out to defeat me? is there really a place called heaven is there really a place called hell for those who don't believe these are just some of the questions that we oftentimes wonder in our heads we wonder are these things that we read in the scripture creditable doubt comes into our minds if we don't know what we believe and why we believe what we believe many people today are illiterate when it comes to the Bible Oh, we have a hundred Bibles sitting around our shelves, but we're not taking the time to pick them up and to read them and to study them and to find out what God really says. My friends, this is not a, a, a paperweight. It is God's Word for us. It is something that we need to pick up daily and we need to read and we need to learn and we need to study. Oftentimes, we have misunderstandings about God because we don't spend enough time with Him. We don't understand who he is and what he, why he does what he does. You may know a lot of, about love, and you may know a lot about forgiveness and mercy of God, but do you really understand the way God works? But if you don't know anything about the righteousness and the holiness and the justice of God, you're going to wonder why he does certain things and why he doesn't do certain things and you would oftentimes think he ought to do it this way he ought to do it that way but the truth of the matter is we need to remember that it's not God taking direction from us it's us taking direction from God we need to be looking to him instead of telling him how we ought to operate we ought to be saying God what are you doing in my life so that I can live greater for you the problem isn't God The problem is simply that we're not understanding who He is. The problem is never God, my friends. The problem is us and having an inaccurate view of who God is and not allowing our questions and our uncertainties to be asked in a way in which God can give us the answers about who He is. Not only can doubt affect our minds, but listen, my friends, doubt comes in two other ways let me get my notes out here doubt also affects our emotions there can this happens several ways some people have faith that is fundamentally built upon feelings and what I mean by that is when, 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 we, when we come to Christ and, and do you remember when you, you, you accepted Jesus and, and there was this emotional, there was this feeling of, uh, of relief and, and there was just this super feeling and you thought, boy, I feel warm and fuzzy all over. Listen, my friends, too many of us are leaning upon the feelings instead of upon faith. Like the moment that we gave our life to Christ. Yes, I'm glad that there was a feeling that came over your heart. I'm glad that you felt the presence of the Lord. But listen, we, we need to recognize that we cannot base our life upon feelings. Our feelings are like a roller coaster. They're up and they're down. But my friends, the Word of God is consistent. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It will never change. Faith is fundamentally a decision of the will to follow Jesus Christ. Our faith doesn't fade or surge according to how emotionally charged or decharged we are. My friends, we need to recognize that faith is the fundamental truth of the Word of God. There's another way that doubt enters our emotions. There are certain types of people. Um, there are those joyful, bubbly, upbeat people that are always bouncing around. Uh, you know, that one called Mary Joe that, you know, was out here bouncing around, um, you know, and then there are those that I like to call and don't get mad at me. I like to call the Eeyores of life. There are, there are those that no matter how good it gets, oh, it's just not right. I just feel sad. There are the eors of life that allow the emotional uh, Satan to emotionally cripple us. And then what happens is we look around as an eor and we see those that are bouncing around like Tiggers. And we say, why are they always so happy? And why am I not? And so we have questions. Is my faith real? Is my love for God strong enough? Is his love for me the same? My friends, do not look around to see the lucky or, uh, the happy-go-lucky lucky friends who are doing fine. And then say to yourself, well, I, I just don't know that I have the same spiritual life as they do. Listen, recognize that you have a different personality than other people. But yet God has given you that personality so that he can use you in a way in which he cannot use that other person. My friends, God made us, every one of us, the way that we are. Let God use you in the way that you are. Don't compare yourself to other people. God wired you, and it's okay to allow God to use you in that way. But also, doubt not only affects our mind, doubt affects our emotions, but doubt also affects our will. Doubt can come in through our point of decision. When, he made a de- when we made a decision to follow Jesus, we need to walk honestly and with integrity before Him. If as followers of Jesus, we willfully decide to pursue a pattern of sinfulness in our life, we ignore the, the, the call of God to change our lives, we willfully live the way that we want to instead of the way that God wants us to. My friends, we're opening the door for doubt and uncertainty. Sin, the Bible says, separates us from our God. Sin creates a distance between us and him. And the further the distance that we get away from him, the more that we are going to doubt, the more that we're going to question, the more that we're going to struggle with the things of life the more that we're going to question, where is God when I need him most? Why don't I feel his presence in my life? And we begin to doubt that he's there at all. Doubts can also run rampant in our lives when we have a will that is opposed to the nature of Christ. When we make a conscious decision to walk away from the things of Christ. My friends, the Bible tells us that if we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to have doubts in our life. Doubts can breed in our minds, our emotions, and our wills. But the key thing that we need to do is we need to understand how it infects us, and then what can we do once we've been infected. So I want to tell you the last part, and here's where I want you to really pay attention I want to tell you what you can do and what the Bible tells us we can do when it comes to dealing with our doubts in our lives. How can we handle and how can we get the doubt virus under control? That seems to be the question of the day these days. How can we get the coronavirus under control? How can we get the doubt virus under control? Listen, I don't want to suggest that it's easy. I don't want to suggest that it's quick. But I do want to say to you that there are some bi- biblical principles that I want to give you this morning that I believe that if you and I will follow in our lives that God will, will use to strengthen us and to help us to walk rightly with Him. Now, as we look at these together, there are five steps in healing doubt in our life. The first letter of each of the words in which I want to share with you the pay- point that I want to make to you today is that what we need most is faith. So listen to me as I give you this um, analogy of how that faith can make a difference in our life. First of all, find the root of your doubt. My friends, we need to find the root of our doubt. You've got to go to a diagnostic source. Of how that doubt entered into your life. See, we've got to ask some tough questions. Not about God, but about us. We need to ask the question, am I living my life the way that God wants me to live? Am I serving Christ the way that I should be serving? Am I spending enough time in the Word of God? Am I spending enough time praying and seeking God's face? Am I looking to Him for the guidance and direction of my life? Am I listening to Him when He tells me there are things in my life that need to be removed? You see, we've got to to do some self-examination. So many of us tend to want to ask God, what do you need to change? Instead of asking God, what do I need to change? But don't do it on a surface level. Go deep. Ask God the tough questions about your life. Ask yourself, am I living the way that I need to be? So many people would say, my problem is an intellectual problem. I simply don't believe and can't, uh, the Bible can be trusted. I don't believe that Jesus ever existed. My friends, you might think on the surface it's just an intellectual question. But the ra- reality is that that's not an intellectual question at all. The reality is that's a, that's a heart question. That's a question of our own desire to rebel and push God aside and say, I choose not to to look to you. My pride says that I would rather do it my way than your way. My friends, my God, your God, has told us that we need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. So be honest. Analyze your life. Look to the source of where doubt comes in. Find the source of doubt the second thing the letter a ask god and others for help you know what it's okay to ask god and others for help in times of need be honest with god there's a story in the bible that i love because it reminds me of so often how my faith is The story goes on to say that there was a father who came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, would you heal my son? Remove this demon that's plaguing him. And Jesus turns to the man and asks him, do you have faith? And I love the response of this man because I am there so often. Lord, I have a little faith. But God, if you'll just take my little faith and help me to make it into a bigger faith, I'll have enough faith to do what you want me to do. You see, the reality is God doesn't say come with all the faith in the world. He says come with what faith you have and let me build upon that faith. My friends, it's important for us to ask God to help us in our time of need. It's also important for us to go to other Christian believers who are walking in the faith and seek faith help with them. It's not... Um, it's not up to us to wrestle with all of these questions alone. We must ask the question one with another. You see, God says that if we don't ask, we don't receive. You see, we've got to ask in order to receive. Go to God, not as the last resort, but as the first resort. Make God your first priority. As you look to answer the questions of what am I doubting and why am I doubting? Now we go to Christians and ask them as well. That's why it's important for Christians, friends, to have accountability one with another. James chapter 5 and verse 16 reminds us that community is important because he says, confess your faults one with another and pray one for another. Church, the reason that it's so important for us to get together, the reason that it's so important for us to be back inside where we are among one another is so that we can lean on one another. Faith is spelled F-A-I. Implement the course of treatment. Now listen, my friends. Figure out what course of treatment that is needed for what you're going through as you fight the virus of faith. And doubt in what you are facing. If you have obtained, uh, if if doubt has obtained a foothold in your life through your mind and you have questions, don't just let them be vague questions swirling around in your mind and, and, and wondering, what will I ever do with them? But sit down, take a piece of paper and write a list. List all of the questions and all of the concerns that you have so that you know what you're dealing with. And so that you know how to to go to the Word of God, how to go to that friend and say, I need help with this question or that question. It's important that we know that God has not left us out there alone. I want to encourage you, if you have doubts, if you have concerns, call the office. Josh and I would love to spend time with you. We may not be able to uh, uh, personally spend time with you right now, but we can speak to you over the phone, We can share with you what God has to say, help you to be encouraged. If doubt has gained a foothold through your will, determine where you're holding back from God and tell God, today is the day that I'm going to give you back full reign of my life. Today is the day that I'm going to say, God, I surrender all to you. My friends, today is the day in which we can turn our doubts into faith. Determine where you're holding back and, and give God your all. Or you can say to fully know God is a great pleasure. But I could have and I wonder, I want to abandon my ways and I want to follow all of God's ways. Faith is spelled F-A-I-T. The T is take care of your spiritual health. My friends, we need to recognize that God has called us to taking care of our spiritual health. The Bible is filled with information for you to walk healthily before the Lord. If you want to be able to fight a human virus that attacks our body, then we need to eat healthy. We need to live healthy. We need to be strong and we need to be feeding ourselves the appropriate things so that if a minor infection sets into our life, it won't become a major infection. The same is true in our spiritual life. When we exercise our faith, when we feed our faith with the appropriate materials such as the Word of God, and the fellowship of God's saints, and the preaching of His Word, we grow deeper and deeper in Him, and then our doubts become less and less. If they take a stronghold, They won't grow and they won't destroy our faith. These are the spiritual habits that we must keep in our life. We must read our Bibles. We must talk to God through prayer. We must come to church so we can fellowship one with another. We must have friends who love Jesus and talk to them about who Jesus is and what He's doing in their life and what He can do in our lives. Faith is spelled F A I T. H H hold on to the remaining questions now what do I mean by that well basically we need to suspend judgment on some questions right now why because there are simply some things that we're not going to ever get an answer for on this side of eternity the Bible tells us that you and I have an infinite mind and an infinite ability and an infinite understanding of a finite God who who we can't even begin to imagine the complexity and the the enormity of all that He is and what He is doing. Now let me give you a couple of scriptures to hang on to. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Apostle Paul said that we uh, only understand in part this side of eternity. It's like looking through a glass dimly. In other words, that we don't see clearly all of the things that God wants to make known to us when we get to the other side. Now let me go back to the Old Testament just for a minute. In Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29, and listen to what Deuteronomy says. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. Now what's Deuteronomy telling us? There are some things that God has revealed to us and some things that we won't know this side of eternity. There are some things that we're going to have to wait until we get to God. And I think that perhaps many of us are going to come with a little notebook filled with all kinds of questions. God, I've been waiting to ask you this. I can't wait to sit down and talk to you about this thing or that thing. Or why? But God's going to reveal it all to us. So there are some questions. That you and I might have in this life. And we might be plagued with those certain questions. But I tell you, hold judgment upon those questions. Wait. God has an answer for you, but it may not be in this tide of eternity. It might be that as you mature in your faith in Jesus, He might give you some of those answers. But it might be that some of those answers will never come until we see Jesus face to face faith the very answer to our doubt is the very thing that god has given to each and every one of us the very ability to be able to have faith in the one who is called jesus so today i ask where's your faith what's your faith placed in is your faith placed in and understanding and intellect and ability to to know Or is your faith placed in the one who knows all? The one who is all-powerful. The one who has the ability to be able to answer every question. So what really matters is the reaction to our doubt, not our doubt. Will we acknowledge it and bring it to the Lord before God crying out to Him for help? Will we simply say, I have faith? Though it might be so little, help me in my doubt. Will we go to those who we love and who love Jesus and walk alongside them and say, Would you help me as I walk the journey of faith so that I might overcome my doubt? Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore no more condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Remember, my friends, God is not condemning you, nor am I, because you have a doubt. We all have doubts. God is not pushing you away when we doubt. As a matter of fact, God is calling you closer. He's asking you to walk close to Him. We're walking towards Him, or we're walking away from Him. The choice is ours. Our reaction to doubt must be first to pursue answers. We need to look for the answers to our hard questions, but we need to look in the Word of God. We need to seek answers from friends who go to the Word of God. We need to pray for others, and we need to pray for our strength. When we examine our doubts and we pursue God through them, we will find our faith is strengthened along the way. Hebrews chapter 11, that great chapter of faith, the hall of faith is oftentimes called. I uh, we we spent some time many months ago uh, in our Sunday school class looking at every one of those characters, and one thing that we found was every single one of them had doubts and questions, but yet God took their doubts and questions and made their faith grow stronger and stronger and stronger. It's not about whether or not we have doubts. It's whether or not that we're going to trust God for the answers. My friends, the truth is today as we are walking through the difficult times of life, every one of us has a question. Every one of us has an uncertainty. But I want you to know that we serve a God who is above our questions and above our uncertainties. So before we have our closing song, let me just pray with you this morning. Let me just ask you this morning, where are you? What doubts, what questions, what concerns do you have? Are there things in your life that are, that are causing you to doubt the power, the authority, or even the Word of God? My friends, it's not because you're drawing nearer to God. It's because you need to draw nearer to God. My friends, I ask you today, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never accepted Him as Lord, you're going to have a lot of doubts You're going to have a lot of uncertainties in this life. My friends, today would be a great day for you to say, Lord, I need you as my Savior. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And God, I ask you to come into my life, and I will surrender all to you. And I will live for you. If you've made any kind of decision this morning, those of you that are watching online, even those of you that are watching from the cars, It's hard to have an altar call to call you to the front and have you to bow down and to pray. I'd love to get to that place again where we can do that. But if you've made a decision today, I want to ask that you would do a couple of things for me. One, just call us this week at the office and let Pastor Josh or myself talk to you or Erica. Call 336-246-2012 and we would love to talk to you about that decision or about that doubt, or about that question. If you've made a decision, and, 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 or, or you have a question, and you want to email me your question, email me at Steve at midwaybaptistnc.org. If you email me a question, I promise you, I will give you a biblical answer. God has an answer for every question. However, I will make it known that there are some questions that we will not know until we see Him face to face. Well, let's pray together. Father, as we bow our heads and our hearts before You, I pray that, Father, that You would just touch the hearts of those that are struggling with doubts today. Lord, for those who are, are, are living in, in, in sin and, and struggle and strife because they've chosen their way of life over Your way of life, I pray that, Father, that You would bring about a spirit of repentance I pray that you would cause them to turn their affections back towards you. For those who are having doubts and questions because, Father, they just need help, I pray that they would recognize, O Lord, that you, O Lord, have an answer to their every question. Would you speak unto their hearts, O God? Would you speak into their lives the strength, the help, and the hope? And Lord, for those who call out to you for salvation, I pray that they would come to you with an open heart and recognize that, Father, that you are there to forgive them of their sins and to receive them unto yourself. And that, Lord, that they would let someone know the decision that they have made for you today. And they would confirm with us so that we might help them grow in their faith. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you love us and and that you never leave us in the midst of our doubts and our questions. But you call us close so that we might walk freely with you. Lord, take this time today, even as we listen to this next song, may the Spirit of the Lord speak unto the hearts of your people and may they cry out to you, I pray, in Christ's name.